welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast that covers everything in the English language about our Adler. The best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, and the best club in the world for a matter of fact. But we're only a little bit biased, hence our title. But I am your host and only host today, Matt out of New York. Um, you can find me at on the Twitter space at Matt S G E N Y. You can find me on Instagram at, at Wagner underscore eight. Um, and obviously follow us all over the HEF pod platform, social medias, whatever social media you have, we probably have a page for it. But um, yeah, you know, all the other panelists have uh, lives and ha- are actual adults, you know, so they are not available uh, for this week's chat, but glad to be of service here for you Otler fans out there. And so let me be the first to say, I mean, well, let me be the first to say, um, thank God the month of March is finally over. I mean, absolutely abysmal of a March. I mean, it could have gotten worse. I mean, we could have lost every single game. Good thing we didn't do that. We didn't win a single game, though, which isn't the best thing in the world either, especially for what our aspirations are and where we can be as a club. But April, man, April has arrived. Spring is here. The weather is nice in some parts of the United States. And I hear birds chirping, you know. Good things are coming down. And so, you know, we thought about putting out an episode before the Union game, but uh, we would be doing a disservice to you guys by providing a more negative sort of podcast. I, I don't know if you guys can tell by the sound of my voice, but, um, you know, we let's kind of talk about, you know, we're going to talk briefly, briefly chat about Bochum. We'll talk about the Union game as well. Um, and then we will go into hashtag what are we drinking. We'll talk a little about the Frauen, nothing new there. Um, and then we'll chat about the Bayer Leverkusen game coming up this Saturday as well. But um, yeah, you know, I guess for to get this uh, thing kind of rolling here, I mean, what a absolutely abysmal march we had. And I mean, to top it off with a tie against Bochum, I mean, it was honestly kind of ready there for the taking. I mean, it seemed like we weren't meant to have a you know successful march at all. You know, just to kind of quickly recap our... Our games that we played in in March, you know, it goes, you know, we play Wolfsburg and we tie them. That was when they were, you know, not doing too hot either. We tie Stuttgart. Then we get pummeled by Napoli and that ends our aggregate score at 5-0. Then we lose to Union Berlin 2-0. We tie Bochum 1-1, but... Before the Bochum game, we had to do a little, you know, test spiel against Greuther Fürth, and we still tied that game. So we, as a club, on the men's side of things, have literally not won a game all of March. Is this a common a common theme? Sadly, it is, because I keep forgetting how bad we are in the Rückrunde as a, a club uh, in the historical sort of sense. And the fact that we had a whole month of March is kind of not provide for that just kind of you know shows i honestly kind of forgot about how terrible we are in the rückrunde but you know this game against bochum i mean i gotta say we i i thought we honestly kind of were ready to come back and kind of ready to be in winning ways you know i mean the the takumo asono goal in the first 13 minutes definitely wasn't ideal but you know i'm glad that Colomani was able to score a goal tie that game and you know the domination kind of you know ensued was consistent but you know nothing was happening in terms of the the goal sheet you know the game still ended 1-1 I mean we had about 19 shots we had 73% possession and nothing was crossing nothing was crossing the line nothing was hitting the net you know but 
the positive thing out of this game was that you know we it looked like we kind of woke up. You know, we weren't quite there to pass you know pass that uh, the pass the finish line in terms of like getting three points. But you know, I definitely had a sense like okay, you know, Champions League is kind of done. Um, this is some, somewhat of a warm-up game for the Union, Union Berlin uh, DFB Pokal. And, you know, this is just kind of a, a time for us to really, like, hey, like, alleviate stress a little bit, essentially, because playing in this many competitions is something we're not used to, you know? So, I mean, trying to make put this a positive spin against Bochum, but, I mean... Yeah, like I said, Bochum has kind of been on fire recently. They haven't lost. They lost um, a game in the past uh, three games. So it's just the kind of the burden the Bundesliga is like. If you catch a team with you know that's been consistently winning, you know they're going to continue that consistency because we all know the Bundesliga is all about consistency. It's all about you know continuing with the flow, but. That's all I really got to say about the Bochum game. I mean, in terms of like the lineups, there was really nothing too crazy to complain about i mean the rafa boy coleman and guts trip uh, trio was honestly sexy i loved it I, I i figured they meshed really really well um i liked how philip mox and buta were able to assist them in terms of like you know getting some long balls in you know finding some through balls and then you know Colomani would lay it off to guts or, or bore i mean it's definitely been it was definitely kind of awesome seeing that front three um, and then, you know, Roda being in the middle with Jibril So, um, you know, So having some sort of like stupid tackles. I don't know if you guys have been noticing this, but So has not looked too happy recently with their club. And then, of course, a couple days ago, you know, apparently Arsenal is interested in him. And the only way they can pay him is uh, if they buy his release cost for 15 million. That is one five. And if we all know Arsenal, I think 15 million is little less than pocket change for them so a little nervous on that front end but either way this is a really good lineup you know we continue with the 343 situation or 3421 however you want to call it or 351 and um i just wish the result kind of came better but that's the last thing i will mention about you know this bochum game i mean it was just an absolute terrible start but we were dominant, you know, it's just nothing came up, came up to uh, into fruition in terms of the goal sheets, except for the penalty. But I definitely had the sense that, you know, we were kind of back in our ways like we were in the you know beginning of the season and, you know, towards the end of 2022. So th- now, I guess, moving on to the Union Berlin game, you know, we, wow, woke up like it's like we had a Winterschlaf um, kind of delayed, you know, like we were, we, yeah, we came out of hibernation essentially for those, for those non-German speaking people. And I don't know what else to say, but we just literally woke up. Um, I mean, the start of the game was pretty much ideal, exactly what we needed. I mean, Kolomani with back-to-back goals, um, a little bit of a mistake from the keeper side of things, but hey, we needed some luck um, because I guess March was over. Now it was April, so the luck kind of came to our side. And I mean, we were dominant throughout this game. And, you know, it kind of, and I'm, you know, the dominancy from the Bochum game was able to transition to this game was pretty much ideal. Um I guess we can kind of start off with going with the lineups here. I mean, you know, kind of can, kind of the ex- uh, um, uh, identical lineup that we had against Bochum. You know, no real changes. You know, Jakic is uh, playing the defensive a little bit more with Hasebe and Dika. Uh, Roda has been playing in there. Um, and then, you know, we had the Bore, Guts, and Kolomani trio um, on the front lines. And, I mean, the, the sexy continued, in my opinion. I mean, Guts' uh, assist to Kolomani was world-class i mean the little heel flick 
perfectly uh, perfectly timed. I mean, that, that couldn't have been a more like Real Madrid, Barcelona-esque, um, FC Bayern München sort of type goals. And it was great to see two world-class players connect in such a way, in such a beautiful, you know, sense that, um, you know, it came it, it came out of a, pos- a positive entity came out of that with the goal on, on Ronald Col- uh, Ronald Colomani. And it was... It just, it, you know, we were just super, super don- dominant throughout the whole game. I mean, Rafa Bore had a couple great runs. Um, there were a couple chances that he should have scored on, which, you know, happens when you don't play a lot of games and, you know, you're still trying to, you know, get comfortable uh, being in front of the net in an in-game situation. Um, because just a reminder, you know, tra- scoring a, scoring in training and scoring in a game or playing in training and playing in a game are two different type of conditions, uh, two different type of me- mental sets. So, uh, you know, Rafa Bora is scratching on the surface, man. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw his goal against uh, Colombia over the or, or for Colombia in the international break. I mean, talk about a bicycle kick. I mean, it kind of made Ronaldo's look like uh, <laughs> didn't look that great. But I'm not going to take away anything from Cristiano Ronaldo. But Bora's confidence is definitely going up, and, it's, and this Lindstrom instrument has helped him kind of you know showcase how good of a um, not only how good of an attacker is, but also how good of a support player he can be. So um, I'm glad that he was, I'm glad he's been continuing to, you know, flourish in this sort of like positive way with us because I don't know where his mindset is. I don't know where his mentals is because, you know, obviously you can't replace Ronald Kolo Muani. He's most likely Bundesliga player of the year. Um, hopefully he can get, you know, top goal score and top assists. But, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season kind of goes. But I'm glad Bore is getting more involved. I'm glad he looks a lot more confident. And, you know, hopefully this kind of shows, like, listen, like, we want to keep you here a little bit longer. So um, another player that I definitely wanted to highlight as well is Jakic again. I mean, this guy is... You know, he's a, he's a great soccer player. He's one of those players where you don't have to necessarily put him in any specific positions. I mean, obviously, he's not going to play right mid or right or uh, left mid or like a strike or anything like that. But if you put him in some sort of like central position, he's super, super effective. And it, and it kind of shows. There was a tweet by, I think it was Christopher Michel or um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I don't know. For some reason, Peter Berger comes in my mind, but I don't remember. But there was a weird stat where it said, like, every time we have we do not have Jakic in our defense, our goal ratio is like a 1.5, which means, you know, we get scored on. We get one and a half goals scored on each game on us. When we have Jakic in the lineup, it drops to like 0.9, 0.9 goals against us, which is quite a substantial drop. I mean, it's almost 100% drop. And... I mean, if you've been an avid listener, if you've been listening to us for quite some time, we've been honestly preaching about Jakic playing a little bit more, especially in the Champions League games, RIP. So, I mean, it's I mean, listen, once once Tuta comes back, I don't know whether we want to switch up Hasebe uh, for Tuta or, you know, switch up, uh, you know, Jakic for Tuta, but... <sighs> I, I, I got to say, I, with, uh, with the injury to Smoltrich as well, um, for him being out for the rest of the season, Jakic has to be our number two center back, essentially, you know? Um, I'm not counting Haseba as a number one. He doesn't have a number. He's our all-time defender. So he's, you know, he's God, essentially, for us. But yeah, Jakic, Jakic and Dika and Haseba could kind of hold it down over there. And it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see what happens when, you know, Tuta's fully back. Um, he was on the bench against Union this pa- uh, yesterday, or Tuesday, rather. So, you know, we'll see what Glasner has in store over there for that. Um, 
Another another good note we have to mention as well about this game was the uh, home debut of Paxton Aronson, the young American out of uh, Union Philadelphia Union, and you know this seemed to be received very very well. Um, you know not not too much to showcase because um, obviously didn't have too much time on the field, but I was glad to you know ha- have him get some minutes, have him get some DFB time, and um, you know be able to you know uh, put the U.S. men's national team on on uh, notice again with another young American in a top five leagues so that was that was really good to see i'm glad he was able to get some minutes in there and um yeah and it was also the return of uh, a junior dina Mbibbe, you know the loney out of psg after his lengthy um lengthy injury spell and he did have he did have he did play a couple minutes against Goethe Fuert, so I did wanted to see him against Bochum because I figured that would have have him you know kind of rehab a little bit better against uh, Union Berlin. But either way, you know, subbed right in for Roda, and he looked pretty damn good. I mean, he looks fit, he looks confident. This injury has not hindered him at all, so I am super excited to see him kind of. Um, yeah, kind of start getting back into the into our lineup and start helping us, you know, finish this Champions League campaign that which we have right now, as well as the DFB Pokal. But I mean, this game overall was just. I mean, maybe it didn't seem so dominant in terms of the stat side of things because, yeah, you know, Union Berlin had a couple more dangerous like opportunities and they kind of caught us on the counterattack quite a few times. But man, we looked better in terms of possession. We had better chances. We had we had more confidence in us. Um, the home crowd was behind us on every single tackle. It honestly seemed like, you know, it was a Champions League sort of game for us. And I mean, it would have been a Champions League game if we beat Napoli, but it was definitely a type of Champions League atmosphere for sure. Maybe it's just because, you know, it's a quarterfinal of the DFB Pokal. Um, you know, we're looking to get back into the mix of, you know, uh, going to the final for that. And, you know, we're going to the hub finale. We're going to the semifinal. So it's um, it's definitely going to be good. We don't have the uh, the our opponent yet. They uh, I was going to wait a little bit to see if they were going to post it or do that today, but it doesn't seem like uh, they have po- uh, have uh, done the Auslösung yet. Seems like it's going to be more of a Friday thing. But we will, uh, but obviously we'll all know who our um, opponents are and our potential opponents are either going to be Stuttgart, um, not like uh, Leipzig. And I am blanking on another team right now. So I'm going to just quickly just filibuster while I look at my... Uh, oh, yeah, Freiburg. That's right. Freiburg beating the Titanten of Bayern. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that game, but that was a non-controversial handball. So it was well-deserved by Freiburg. And the fact that they even did it at the Allianz Arena just makes it so much sweeter. But... Bayern's on the downfall. We all know that. They had a ridiculous um, coaching change. But this is a Frankfurt podcast, not a Bayern podcast. So Eintracht Frankfurt going to the uh, semifinal um, for the DFB Pokal. It's good, good, good to be back in this sort of position. And, you know, it's nice to be that nice to know that we're still in the running for the silverware. And if we do win this kind of silverware, I mean, what what would this be? The, uh, the, uh, the third piece of silverware we win in the past five years? I mean... I'm. I wish we were on video. I'm literally pinching myself. I like just even saying the word silverware and I talk funk for the same sentence is just bonkers to me. Absolute bonkers. But listen, I mean, March is over. April is here. May is coming, and Eintracht Frankfurt is on full-on March. 
And, um, you know, we definitely definitely have this big, big game against uh, Bayer Leverkusen coming up on this Saturday. But before I get into that, um, definitely going to be talking about, you know, hashtag what are we drinking? Our favorite segment. And today I am drinking one of my favorite Sloop Juice IPAs. Um, it's by Sloop Brewing Company. It's called Juice Bomb, um, and it's uh, brewed here in New York. Um, I don't. Not, um, it has to be distributed elsewhere. I'm not too sure if it's brewed anywhere elsewhere. But if you have a, a Sloop Brewing Company tap at your local um, beer garden, let me know. Um, I will personally Venmo you for that drink, and uh, but I need to see a picture of you ha- of the Sloop being poured in there. Um, but yeah, Sloop Juice. Uh, by Sloop Brewing Company, or also called the Juice Bomb, and that is what are we drinking? And we will be right back talking about a little about the Frauen. Nothing too crazy happened on that side. We'll talk about Bayer Leverkusen, and uh, yeah, just kind of have an outlook on the rest of the season. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. It is Matt from New York hosting this thing by myself. Um, probably going to be a little bit of a short of a podcast than what we usually do because, you know, I can only talk to myself so many times before my, um, you know, apartment neighbors start thinking I'm crazy. So uh, <laughs> we'll get right into it, uh, to the Frauen. And so the Frauen did not play. Don't worry, you didn't miss anything. There were a couple Bundesliga games that uh, played out uh, over the weekend, but nothing that affected us really. I mean, Potsdam beating Freiburg, you know, Freiburg continuing their free fall, losing like six, seven straight now. Wolfsburg absolutely dominating Werder Bremen, and then Bayern continuing that uh, their winning streak with the win of 2 nothing over Meppen. And so, um, you know, there's another game happening to, uh, next Saturday, which is with Leverkusen and Essen, and then our Frauen played Duisburg on that Sunday, um, Sunday, April 16th. Um, we will probably have a little bit of a better review before that, but you know, you guys haven't missed anything. Nothing has really changed in terms of the um, the standings besides the fact that, you know, Hoffenheim has a better uh, goal differential than us because they did beat Essen like two weeks ago or so. So um, yeah, you know, we are sitting in fourth right now. We have uh, played one less game against Hoffenheim and two less games against Wolfsburg and Bayern. Although we are still only ten points, we are ten points away from Wolfsburg in second place. So, um, you know, it's it's looking like it's going to be we're going to be fighting for third place here with Hoffenheim as the, as we play the rest of the season. Um, and I do not think we play Hoffenheim anymore unless I oh we actually do play them on April thirtieth. So that will be a big big game for us then. But. That's pretty much all about the Frauen Bundesliga. Uh, nothing else to really mention on that side of things. So we go. We'll go into Bayer Leverkusen. Um, not too sure if your guys's brain or memory serves you guys well, but every time we go to Leverkusen, it's not, or actually almost never, a positive sort of ordeal. Just to give you guys some history lessons here, um, the last time we beat Bayer Leverkusen, and I have to triple check the the, uh, stat here because I I was honestly flabbergasted when I read this, um, 
we haven't beaten them since 2013 at home. So if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this uh, this game, but we actually still had Rode and Trap on the team back then. Um, and then the we actually did win that. Well, we, obviously we won that game, but the the person who scored the winning goal for us was club legend Marco Ross, uh, crossed by Sebastian Young. Shout out to Zebi. Um, I mean, I, I honestly don't remember too much of that game, but that's the last time we freaking beat these guys. Um, and Leverkusen has been on a tear recently. I mean, they haven't lost. They haven't lost in their last six, possibly even seven games. They've won four straight in a row, and they are honestly just a little too dominant right now. But fear not, I'm tough fans. Like I like I've been saying this whole uh, podcast, March is finally over. April is here. So. What, what, what does that mean for this for this upcoming game? You know, we're playing Saturday. We're playing the normal time slot, 9.30 uh, a.m. here in the local side of things. Um, but they've been on a tear. So just to give you guys the, the last couple, you know, games that they've played, you know, they, they've qualified through the Europa League playing. I'm not even going to try pronouncing their name. It's going to be Ferenc Varos or something like that. They beat Bayern recently. They beat Schalke. They beat Veda Bremen. Um, and, they all, and then another uh, big game that they played before that was tying Freiburg 1-1. Um, actually, last time they lost was against Mainz back in February 17th. So they've had a completely different, you know, Rückrunde than we've had. But they, you know, they're, they're a goal-scoring machine right now. I mean, Jeremy Frimpong has continued his his um, his stature right now in the Bundesliga. I mean, a lot of big teams are looking at him right now. Manchester United is one of them. Barcelona is another one of them. Liverpool is looking to purchase him after the summer here. Uh, or in the summer, uh, Florian Wurtz has been on fire as well. He scored another goal against Schalke recently. And they are a team that kind of plays a, an interesting 3-4-3. Um, you know, they have uh, Musa Diaby, who kind of sits in a little bit more. They have Palacios in the, in the midfield there. Frimpong, as I mentioned, is just deadly on the wing. And uh, obviously, Lukas Kodetsky has been a little bit on fire recently. You know, having a clean sheet um, a couple days uh, against Schalke and then a few more before that. So they're definitely, definitely a scary team to play against right now. Um, but, and I feel like I say this every single game, I'm more worried about us. You know, I'm more worried about how we come out, how, uh, you know, if we're going to continue um, this, continue this positivity that we bring in from the Bochum game and the Union game. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's been a long awaited train to really start, you know, getting into, uh, you know, the final stretch of the season, start getting some actual results to us. So... You know, in terms of the lineup, you know, I really don't think there should be too many changes. I mean, I can definitely see uh, Oliver Glasner kind of switching Jakic out for Tuta, which I completely disagree with. I think, you know, we should take out Hasebe or even Ndika at that point because he hasn't had a great season, but we need to have a left, uh, left-footed left uh, back on that side of things. So it's going to be almost impossible to uh, get him out of the lineup. But if I had an ideal lineup, I would have Jakic, Tuta, and Ndika as they're in the back line. Continue with Buta out on the right side, Philip Mox on the left side, Gibrasol in the middle, and I understand, you know, we want to keep playing Rode and stuff like that, and, you know, Daichi is most likely gone by the end of the summer, so we don't want to give him too much time, but uh, time, but I wouldn't mind putting, I, I don't see why we don't put, you know, Kamada next to um, So, just so we can, um, just so we can, you know, provide us a little bit more offensive uh, flow coming out of the midfield, you know, because Rode is obviously a great player, he's our captain, I'm not, I'm not going to say any ill will to him, but 
age is coming. <laughs> the age is kind of creeping up on him. And, you know, if we want to, if we want to kind of start a streak or start some sort of, what, what what's the word that I'm looking for? Some sort of consistency as we finish out the season here. You know, I really think it'd be better off if we put Kamada next to So over there. And then, you know, continuing the sexy three up front with Bore, Kolomani, and Gutsa is, you know, definitely ideal. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I definitely think with that kind of lineup, we can definitely complement the three four three really well against Bayelieva Kuzin. And, um, you know, I, I expect Kolomani to continue his ways, his Bundesliga, uh, Bundesliga player of the year, uh, player of the season sort of ways. I'm, you know, expecting him to score one or two goals. Uh, I can definitely see Bore also getting behind another, uh, another goal. So, um, I'm, people are probably going to think I'm ludicrous or absolutely crazy or probably have had too long of a long day of work today and I'm just, you know, just letting everything loose. But I really think we, we can beat Leverkusen, you know. I think we're going to beat that streak. I mean, it's been 10 years, guys. It's been 10 years since we've won there. And as a gambling man, and I always say this, not that I win a lot, but we are due. We are due. We are due. We are due. We are due a win in the Bundesliga. We are due a win at Bayer Leverkusen. We are just simply due. And so with that being said, you know, I think we're going to come out of Bayer Leverkusen a 3-1 victory. I was going to say 3-0, and then I forgot about our clean sheets, uh, clean sheet record, which, by the way, Kevin Trapp, thank you for helping us getting that clean sheet against Union Berlin, even though that was kind of scary towards the end. But, you know, I'm happy that we get, we're able to help you get that clean sheet. But, um, yeah, you know, I think we're going to come out of Bayer Leverkusen 3-1, two from Kolomani, one from Bore. And, you know, we're going to have three points um, and go back to our winning ways, you know. And then, you know, hopefully that kind of closes up the, closes up the gap to us against Leipzig, um, hopefully against Freiburg. And um, God knows what's going to happen in the title race as well. But Champions League is still alive. The Champions League is still alive. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say. I mean, in terms of the status where we are at, we are back in quotation marks. We are back. Like I've said, March is over. April has arrived. We still have, what, 10 games left to play? A little bit more than that. Two, four, six, eight games left to play. And, um, you know, this is crunch time now. You know, we have, you know, we have Bayer Leverkusen's are a big task. Then we play Borussia Mönchengladbach after that. And then we have a tough game against Dortmund. We could really also decide kind of, you know, the fate of the, Bund the fate of the Bundesliga and who's going to win that. And then we finish the season on a fairly easy note with Augsburg, Hoffenheim, Mainz. That's, you know, a toss up. Schalke. And then we really end the season with Freiburg, which could be a game which really decides, you know, who gets that last, uh, that last Champions League spot. So, um, it's, in my opinion, it's a must-win game from here on out. I mean, we are in the playoffs, essentially. Well, I guess we are in the playoffs in both senses. You know, now that we're in the DFB semifinal, eight games left in the Bundesliga, try to make that push for a, you know, Champions League spot. Um, even a Europa spot, maybe, uh, I would definitely celebrate for. But if we end up winning the DFB call for that, you know, I'd much rather, you know, give that to another uh, Bundesliga team so that more Bundesliga teams have uh, a bigger presence in Europe and can continue uh, proving us that, you know, Bundesliga is the best league in the world. So, um, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty much it. Like I said, I am your host, Matt, out of New York. Um, and... 
Our theme song was, you know, written by Forza SKA, by Frankfurt, and some Eintracht leggings by Tankard. You can find Tankard at Tankard Official and on www.reapermusic.de slash Reaper. Our outro music is Hey Anti Frankfurt on the fabulous Roy Hammer and the uh, Pralines. And uh, you can find them at RoyHammer.de. And, uh, yeah, other than that, tschüss! The sexy continued. Hey, I'm